Happy Friday, everybody. Is it a happy Friday? I guess it depends on what you think about today's ruling from the Supreme Court. And we want to hear, obviously, from you and keep the conversation going. Text us your reaction. Good day, bad day, somewhere in the middle. Hard to be in the middle. This is pretty black and white. Not too many people in the middle. But text us, 651-461-9226. I woke up this morning thinking, you know, America can't be any more divided than it is right now. Then the Supreme Court said, hey, hold my beer. So, yeah, a lot of people elated, a lot of people very disappointed, even despondent. We're going to be hearing from a lot of people today to give some perspective. I get, look, we're not going to change any hearts and minds today. And that's not our intention. Our intention, our purpose is to hold up a mirror and get a reflection of what you are thinking. And so please text us your reaction, 651-461-9226. Professor Rachel Pelosi will join us in a couple of minutes. A University of St. Thomas law professor with some perspective on the legalities. Exactly what does this mean? Um, how we basically led up to this decision today with the Supreme Court. Dean Phillips, Representative Dean Phillips, is going to be joining us in the 4 o'clock hour. And uh, we have a lot of folks on deck ready to weigh in. We want to hear from you. 651 651- Four six one nine two two six. It's my last day doing a show. Kind of hoping it would be a quiet day. Instead, we're once again drinking from a fire hose. Chris Tubbs producing today. DJ somewhere frolicking in the state of Maine, enjoying his PTO. Chris, uh, your reaction to today's announcement decision? I, I mean, it's not surprising based on everything that we had been hearing coming out. Right. Um, I'm I'm disappointed uh, because I feel like it's taking away, you know, women's rights. And you know, based on what I'm hearing from Clarence Thomas, this just I feel like this is the tip of the iceberg. To, I mean, and, and it's. It's not necessarily for me about overturning Roe v. Wade. There are so many other factors that are at play. Number one, it's the justices that during their confirmation hearing blatantly lied while they were being, you know, deposed or however you want to talk. You know, they, you know, said this is a fundamental right of the United States and citizens and then they go back on that. So. You I'm, mean they said one thing and did another? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I know. I'm so I'm, I'm dis, yeah, I'm disappointed in that. But I'm just, I'm, I'm fearful when Kevin McCarthy this morning says our work is not done. What does that mean? I, I just, I feel like we're going to. And I heard somebody on Chad show, and I can't remember who it was, but this is the first time that a fundamental right has been taken away instead of being given. That's my concern for what's going to be coming up next. Are there going to be, you know, rights for same-sex marriages, for, you know, LBGTQ, I mean, you know, minorities? Like where where is this going to continue to go? And that's where I'm concerned long-term. Interracial marriages, I, I mean, they're just – I've got a lot of questions about this. And, Contraception. And yeah. I, I mean, it just th- – 
do you feel yeah. like this opens Pandora's box? Well, it's a slippery slope, and we will see. I, I we're living in two Americas, right, with very different ideas about yes. the future of America, and it's hard to find common ground more so than ever. But to your point about, you know. Uh, when Gorsuch and Kavanaugh were testifying under oath, they said that they believed that Roe v. Wade was settled legal precedent. And um, apparently, that's not how they voted today. I mean, fact, what, what changed? Like, what, what, well, what, I don't what changed? Or, or were they maybe being dishonest when they were going through the process, which I have a tendency to believe based on the eyeball test. Well, Amy Coney Barrett, in her confirmation hearing, said, quote, cases like Roe are so well settled that no political actors and no people seriously push for their overruling. So I don't know. Were they being duplicitous? Did they change their minds? Um, I don't know. I mean, the Supreme Court's supposed to be immune from public opinion, and they're not supposed to make policy. They're supposed to interpret the law. That's that's what they do, right? But, um, yeah, if you didn't hear, if you're living under a rock, A, I'd like to join you for a few months <laughs> and just see, see what that's like. Uh, the Supreme Court eliminated the constitutional right to obtain an abortion, casting aside 49 years of precedent that began with Roe v. Wade, almost five decades. The decision came down from Justice Samuel Alito. Uh, he was joined. It was The vote was six to three. Uh, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett joined Alito's opinion. And uh, what is this going to mean for Minnesota? Of its immediate neighbors, Minnesota, the most liberal abortion laws, abortions allowed up to 20 weeks during pregnancy. So we have a lot to talk about today. And when we come back, St. Thomas law professor Rachel Pelosi is going to give us a little bit of legal perspective and some of the history that led up to today's decision. That's next on CCO. Looking forward to next week when I can get serious about uh, ballroom dancing. That's my next career. Going to be an instructor, Chris, and uh, maybe you can bring somebody by and get some instruction what if i want it for me i mean will you give it to me or do i have to like bring my wife i prefer you brought your wife yeah okay yeah but okay we're off topic but uh yeah looking forward to that rachel pelose is a professor of law at the university of saint thomas she has come on frequently to help us understand the legal precedent and the implications of some of these rulings. And of course, today with Roe v. Wade being overturned, that's a big one. Professor Pelos, welcome back. Thank you, my friend. It's nice to be with you. What was your initial reaction? Were you surprised by today's ruling? I mean, most could see it coming, right? Yes, and this decision does track uh, the draft leaked opinion that was unlawfully released to the public weeks ago. Um, so uh, I don't think there's anything terribly surprising in this opinion for that reason. Rachel, uh, the Dakotas, North and South Dakota, have trigger laws that automatically outlaw the procedure in the event of 
a Supreme Court decision like we had today. My understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, Minnesota is not one of the 16 states that have passed laws explicitly legalizing abortion. However, the procedure is protected under a 1995 state Supreme Court ruling, uh, Doe versus Gomez. Can you talk about that? In some respects, it's even stronger than some of the federal protections, right? Right, and so the state has the ability to uh, grant people rights in addition to their federal rights. And so Minnesota is, unsurprisingly, a very blue state, and both the courts and the the present governor have declared um, through precedent and through public policy statements um, recently that abortion will remain uh, a a right of women in this state and that they will welcome women from other states to, to have abortions in Minnesota. I think when I think about this decision, I think about it from two two perspectives. One, from the perspective of a lawyer or a lawmaker, the court is saying Roe and Casey are overruled. Um, before Roe, each state decided the question on its own, and now this decision in Dobbs is returning that power to the states. And so, um, the the um, each individual state will have the ability to to regulate abortion as the people and the representatives deem fit. I think the other perspective that I think about this decision from is is the perspective of the people and perspective of women. The court has held that abortion is not a fundamental constitutional right. Abortion laws will be subject to rational basis review. Um, But a number of justices who wrote separately went out of their way to say um, the court is not outlawing abortion. It's simply saying the Constitution is neutral. It doesn't say anything one thing or the other, one way or the other, about abortion. And so the court is um, returning that question to the people to decide. So they're they're tossing it back to the states, right? Each state can. That's decide. right. Okay. That's right. It, what what I have trouble wrapping my brain around with the Supreme Court, and maybe I'm being overly simplistic, okay, in the case of abortion, it's up to each state to decide whether or not it's available or illegal. When it comes to uh, this recent decision, I think it was just yesterday in the state of New York, the whole conceal mm-hmm. and carry, uh, basically isn't the Supreme Court saying that's not up to each state, that that is a federal right protected under the second amendment a second amendment seems to be some inconsistency what can the states decide versus what does the federal government decide right here's the difference between um the second amendment case decided yesterday and the 14th amendment case decided today the court said yesterday that the right to bear arms is an individual right it's a fundamental right and states cannot trespass on the individual's right to bear arms, to carry a gun for his or own, her own self-protection for normal law-abiding citizens. Some regulations are going to be permissible, um, but you have a fundamental constitutional right to, to carry a firearm. The court today is saying you don't have a fundamental constitutional right to abortion because the word abortion is not in the Constitution, no um, uh, analogy to it exists in the Constitution, and therefore um, the states may make their own rules about it. It really comes down to, in this court's view, the text of the Constitution and what rights are fundamental and what rights uh, are not. Some people on the uh, on the pro-choice side are highly critical of Justice Gorsuch, Justice Kavanaugh, and even Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who basically, in their 
when they were testifying under oath before Congress, said that they believed Roe versus Wade was, quote, settled legal precedent. And yet today uh, they voted to overturn Roe. Um, do you find that odd or is that pretty typical? Well, I think actually in the case of Justice uh, Coney Barrett, she she pointed out that given how many questions she was receiving on the subject, that it remained a controversial decision and that even the senators questioning her did not believe it was settled law. And so I know this is this is a topic that uh, uh, is one of um, concern to some people, but um, the court did spend some time in this decision discussing why they believed this notion of settled law or what lawyers call stare decisis is weak in this case. And to me, that's one of the more interesting parts of the opinion. They give five reasons why stare decisis, why Roe was overruled. And they say that, first of all, Roe was wrong. It short-circuited the democratic process. They say, second, that the reasoning was poor, that even subsequent abortion decisions abandoned Roe's reasoning. They say, third, that it wasn't workable. Fourth, that it corrupted other areas of the law. And that, fifth, it did not create settled reliance interests. And so for all these reasons, hmm. um, the court actually compared its decision today to to Brown versus Board of Education, which overruled Plessy versus Ferguson, which had also been settled law regarding segregation, and said um, there are times in the court's history where we admit we got it wrong long ago and we're now trying to correct the mistake that we made. And in the court's view today in the in the view of six justices, that is what the court did today with Dobbs. Interesting. Professor Pelosi, uh, the Supreme Court go- uh, voted five to four to overturn Roe v. Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood. The Supreme six Court... Six to three. Oh, it, it, I'm sorry. Yes, six to three. And they also voted six mm-hmm. to three to uphold the Mississippi law that bans abortion after 15 weeks. Can you mm-hmm. can you delve into that nuance and and what does that mean even for the states where abortion will remain legal for the time being is there now a ban after 15 weeks or am I interpreting that wrong I think what the court is saying is that we are going to leave it to the states to regulate abortion and as long as there is a rational basis for the for the state's decision um, that the, the, they actually say this in the opinion that the state law regulating abortion one way or the other will be subject to a strong presumption of validity. So whether the states decide to outlaw abortion or to legalize it up to the moment of birth, um, it's going to be subject to a strong presumption of validity and there would have to be a strong reason not to defer to the state's interpretation on abortion. Professor Pelos, Rachel, if I may call you Rachel, uh, you're a yes. friend as well as a contact. Yes, thank, thank you so much. I'm going to miss these chats, but I, I'm pretty sure that Adam and Jordana are going to invite you onto their show. And so thank you for being patient with me and uh, answering some questions, some dumber than others. But, you know, not, I, not at all. We're trying to wrap our brains around all this and juggling a lot of other plates at the same time. Uh, Rachel, I wish you the best, and and thank you so much, and and we'll be in touch. Congratulations on your new position, and I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Professor Rachel Pelosi, University of St. Thomas Law Professor, and they are lucky to have her.
Oof. Okay, we're going to take a deep breath. We always have Tim Lammers on, and today he's going to talk about Elvis. And I, I figure at this point, I need to talk about Elvis for, for five minutes. Tim Lammers is coming up next on CCO. I wish to promote you, Mr. Presley. I believe I can be great. Some people wanted to put me in jail. The whale's moving. Don't so much as wiggle a finger. I'm going to show you what the real Elvis is about tonight! In that... This may be the second most anticipated movie of summer, right after Tom Cruise, Top Gun, Maverick. Uh, that's a clip from Elvis starring Tom Hanks, starring Tim Lammers. Hey, Tim. Hey, Paul. Hail to the king, baby. I'm going to do my Elvis impersonation for you. I thought you had a cold or something. <laughs> that's, that's as close as I'm going to get, cold or not. Too but, much uh, scotch. It's okay. I'm not judging. but uh, No, no. But you know what? You say second most anticipated. I think you're right. I mean, look, I, I love the original Top Gun. I loved the sequel, Top Gun Maverick. And being a lifelong Elvis fan... Yep. I was really looking forward to seeing Elvis, which I have, and uh, it met, if not exceeded, my expectations. Yeah. Good. Well, that's yeah. encouraging. And how does Tom Hanks do that? I mean, he's, you know, a it's, little bit older, and how does he play a younger Elvis? Well, it's actually not Tom Hanks. Tom oh. Hanks plays Colonel Tom Parker. Oh, Okay. Yeah, All I right. mean, believe that, me, that explains a lot. Okay, with, <laughs> yeah, what they did with, with, with what they did with the Forrest Gump. I mean, anything is possible. I mean, <laughs> but, no, no, no. He actually is donning very heavy makeup prosthetics. Has this very weird accent as Colonel Tom Parker, and this movie really is about the relationship of Elvis's longtime manager and the uh, unscrupulous things that he did to manage Elvis, and really. Uh, took advantage of him, let's be honest. And, uh, yeah, this young fella named Austin Butler is an Elvis clone. Okay. I mean, he looks like him. He's got that dangerous feel about him, that charisma. Uh, he sounds like him. Uh, he actually sings some of the young, the songs performed by the younger Elvis. So, I mean, this guy is extremely talented and i'll go so far as to say look he is heading down the same route that rami malek did as freddie mercury in bohemian rhapsody wow. i think he is that good um so you know the movie it you know yes hanks the, the thing that's turning people off about him is this weird accent and you know i looked up the real colonel tom and his accent is nothing like Hanks is doing in this movie. I don't quite understand what the point of that is. But he's still Tom Hanks, and he's still very good in the film. But Austin Butler, again, with as much pressure as he has on his shoulders, he really does carry the entire movie. Uh, you know, a lot of people have played Elvis before. Uh, I thought Kurt Russell in a TV film was actually really good. But I think that this is next-level stuff right here. They really... Uh, director Baz Luhrmann has found a true diamond in the rough with this guy. That's, that's amazing, because think about it. How many Elvis impersonators must there be all around the world and to find oh, yeah. the best Elvis yeah. villain? I, good for them. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Is this a, uh, a family-friendly? Is this PG? Yeah, I, 
you know, I'm, maybe it's PG-13. You know, honestly, I don't recall any of the, the F-bombs or anything. Okay. And there, there might have been. I think, you know, if any parent, if they're concerned about content, obviously this is a warts and all movie, so you're going to get Elvis, you know, and the drug use, and, you know, that really led to his downfall. It's sad. I mean, but what is so great about this film is that it touches upon all of the most important aspects of his life, his family, Priscilla, you know, the events, the 68 comeback special, uh, him going into the army, his run in Las Vegas. Uh, there's just so much that they squeeze into this two hour and 39 minute run time. Wow. And that's a long movie. Okay. But I didn't want it to end. My wife was with me, big Elvis fan. She didn't want it to end. I mean, that's how great of a film it is. And obviously wall-to-wall music, right? I mean, Yeah, it's wall-to-wall music. You know, obviously Elvis is singing some of it. You do have some real um, Elvis footage in there. The weird thing about Baz Luhrmann is he's a great visual storyteller. So this is going to look like anything, uh, nothing that you've ever seen before. Okay, this stuff just pops off at the screen. Lots of edits going on. Lots of different things going on on the screen at once. At the same time, while there is Elvis music in there, Somehow he infuses uh, traditional uh, modern-day pop music, rap music, and mashes the songs up, and intermittently he drops it in there. It's like, okay, Baz, what are you doing? Uh, you know, this is weird. This, it, it's certainly not of the time period. It's not of the late 50s, 60s, and 70s. So he just is a very creative filmmaker, and that's always been his M.O. He actually did the same thing. Uh, with The Great Gatsby about eight years ago, where, you know, Jay-Z actually produced that picture, set in the 20s, but somehow rap found its way into the picture somehow here and there. Very cool. Tim, I'm going to miss our chats. Thank you for being a friend and uh, entertaining us and informing us over the years, and I know you will continue. And uh, Yes, but yeah. it's, it's well, been a I'm, lot of fun. I'm going to be with uh, Jordana and Adam nice. and in their new time slot, Jordana's new time slot, and obviously... Uh, congratulations to Adam for for making the leap from news to hosting. Yep. He's really terrific. I've talked with him before, but, you know, I, I told Chris, I said, yeah, I really wanted some time to say thank you. You know, I've been in this business for about 30 years, and I have had, I have been so lucky. I mean, my mentor was Bill Carlson, our late, great you know, WCCO anchor and entertainment reporter. But, you know, over the years, Diana Pierce, a good friend of yours and mine, yeah. you know, folks like Tom Bernard, I've done stuff with, you know, continue to do stuff with. Um, you know, uh, I, I talked with Charlie Boone at one point. But honestly, Paul, you belong in that Hall of Fame class with yeah. all those folks <laughs> I mentioned. It has truly been an honor. And, you know, it's so fun when people ask me, well, what's Paul like? It's like, he, he's the greatest guy in the world. You are so welcoming and, and so, you know, you're, you're just a wonderful guy. And, and I told Chris, I'm really bummed. I'm, I'm glad you're at the station still, but I'm going to be bummed missing our, our weekly chats, you know? Well, I may still, I may call you at 2 a.m. after one too many beers and just talk movies. <laughs> Is that okay? Would you mind? I well, got your you number. Know, you know, Paul, you're certainly more than welcome to call me if you want any recommendations. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it has been a true honor and a pleasure. And, uh, man, again, I, I'm, the, I'm the lucky one here. I'm the one that, I don't know, you, you don't like the word legend, probably, Paul, but I've had an opportunity to work with so many legendary folks, and you're one of them. 
Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you, Tim. And Jordana, too. Don't Let's not... Yep. You know, <laughs> yep. I love her, too. Yep. I love both of you, and it has been so much fun uh, to, to be on the air. I think it's, gosh, the past three years, if not longer. Yep. So, yeah. Tim, keep it going. I'll be tuned in to Adam and Jordana and you, 9 to noon, weekdays starting next week. Thank you uh, for making it fun, and thanks for educating us about film and streaming, and uh, I really appreciate what you do. But I, I appreciate the uh, the heartfelt words, and uh, yeah. back at you. Back at you, brother. We will talk soon. And again, text me anytime with them recommendations. I'll shoot them your way. I'll call you at 3 a.m., okay? Why <laughs> has local reaction from the newsroom when we come back on CCO? Paul Douglas, back with you. We'll hear from Jordana at 5.30, my last show. Before joining the Foreign Legion next week, very excited about that. Another adventure is unfolding. But today we have our hands full trying to figure out the implications of uh, Roe in the Roe v. Wade. Roe being overturned by the Supreme Court. Mark Fry in the newsroom has been working this. Mark, uh, help. Uh, with some right, and I think we're all looking for a little help today, just to, to unpack this, what it means here for us in Minnesota, what yeah. it means for our neighboring states. And Paul, when we last talked this week, Planned Parenthood of the North Central States had joined Attorney General Keith Ellison talking about what it does mean for Minnesota. And essentially, Planned Parenthood has been gearing up for this day, whether it's getting resources here in Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska, where they anticipate abortions will re- will remain legal for quite some time there, especially here in Minnesota, given that law that was passed back in uh, 1995. But Sarah Stays, she's the president and CEO of Planned Parenthood North Central States that, again, covers here in Minnesota. Uh, we'll just play a little bit of her reaction today to the ruling. The Supreme Court has taken an absolute knife to Roe and our protections, the protections that we have relied on, that so many of us, including myself, have used to organize and plan our lives for the last 50 years. Those protections have now evaporated. And you just hear it right there, the disappointment really. And I think a lot of people anticipated what would happen today. It's just really the shock and the jolt of it that uh, we're really starting to feel and see. But again, nothing changes in Minnesota, even those surrounding states. It looks like, well, the Dakotas for sure, Iowa, Wisconsin. I mean, we may be one of the few states in the upper Midwest providing abortion services, right? Right. And I think it's at this point, it's a wait and see what Iowa and Nebraska are going to do. I think more conservative uh, farther south you go. We also heard from Dr. Sarah Traxler. She's the chief medical officer of Planned Parenthood, uh, North Central States. I've had a patient diagnosed with cancer who could not get her treatment until she had an abortion. I have had patients who have ruptured membranes or their water breaks early and they become septic and have a life-threatening infection where we need to do an abortion in order to save their life. And that's what Dr. Traxler was talking about. A lot of the states where abortions are going to be banned, it seems like they're having a lot of issues with mortality rates during pregnancy. So putting the focus on that today as well. Senator Klobuchar said something that made me do a double take. She said, this opinion doesn't bring us back to the 1950s. It brings us back to the 1850s. Governor Walls said, this ruling changes nothing in Minnesota today, tomorrow, or as long as I am governor. We will not turn back the clock on reproductive rights. One of the many places my brain goes is 
To me, this could galvanize the left, galvanize Democrats ahead of the midterms. Yeah, and that's a great point, too, uh, to be made as well, especially in such a pivotal year, it seems like. And some people are warning maybe the influx of cases or people seeking abortions here in Minnesota could maybe push Minnesotans who are looking for services themselves out of the way. But um, I think that's just going to be something that's got to be worked out, and people will have to come out in front of that and say these are still going to be available. Well, Mark Fry, I sure appreciate you keeping me posted on this contentious issue. Not too much gray. It's it's pretty black and white. You're either pro-life or pro-choice. Few people on the fence. I guess there there must be a few. But, um, Mark, right. thank you for your perspective. Can we end on a lighthearted note? I'm just going to say, Paul, it's been great to be on with you. I appreciate the uh, the welcoming to the show. And I'll, I also want to shout out 1,400 Special Olympics athletes headed to Stillwater tomorrow to take part in track and uh, track and field and basketball. So it's a big event for them. That'll be fun to see. That's awesome. Yep. That's wonderful. And and thank you uh, for the kind words. Did I come to your elementary school? No, or unless you made the trip young. down to Mason City, Iowa. I'm not no, sure. I didn't go that no. far. <laughs> <laughs> they don't allow, they yeah. didn't allow him to you know, get yeah. outside the border. No. We relegated him to Minnesota. People, people right? come up and they say, Paul, don't you recognize me? It's been 27 years, but you came to my third grade class, and they're a little offended if I don't. Hey, right. Sally, nice to see I you. I still again. remember the day a meteorologist did come to like my third grade class, so those days stick out for people, Paul. That's why you always never say nice to meet you. It's always good to see you. Right, right exactly. Yep. So you don't step in it nearly as frequently. Mark Fry, thank you. Have a great weekend. Appreciate you. When we come back, more of your texts. Yes, you have reacted, and I want to read some of these. And we also will hear from Congressman Dean Phillips in Washington, get his reaction. A lot of stuff going on. Thank you for coming along for the ride. We'll continue to dissect uh, today's Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe. That's coming up next on CCO.